Today on Locked On Red Wings, we talk season expectations with radio voice of the Detroit Red Wings, Ken Cal. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio podcast. Scotty's host over at Locked On Tigers. And today we are joined again for the second time uh, by the radio voice of the Detroit Red Wings, Ken Cowell. You can hear him on 97 on the ticket all season long. But Ken, I believe the first time we're going to hear your voice on the radio is going to be on uh, the station I work at, WWJ. Yeah, it'll be uh, next Tuesday, the 26th of September, and the Red Wings open up their preseason against the Pittsburgh Penguins. I doubt Sidney Crosby will be in the lineup <laughs> just because of the fact it's probably going to be – it'll be in Detroit, and they'll probably save him for the home games. But uh, the following week, we'll be in Pittsburgh. We'll probably see him play them. But, yeah, we're looking forward to it. We've got the uh, annual red-white game coming up on Sunday. That'll be streamed on uh, DetroitRedWings.com and all their social media outlets. So we're looking forward to it. It's a fun time of the year. We've got uh, football, college, and the Lions. We've got hockey starting, so it's a great time of the year. Awesome. How you been doing, too? I mean, you, I know you've been busy this last weekend with the Prospects Tournament and training camps going on right now. You're obviously not there because you're talking with us, um, but you're going to be very busy coming up here real soon. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a busy week. We're doing the Prospect, prospect Tournament games, and uh, unfortunately, the Red Wings didn't win a game up there. They were 0-3, but... Got a chance to watch some of the younger players play in game situations, so that's always good. Uh, some players performed well, others didn't. They needed some work, but um, that's always the case when you talk about the prospects and young players. But, you know, good to see guys like Elmer Soderblom in the lineup there, and, you know, he actually played pretty well. I thought Nate Danielson was pretty good. We'll talk more about the players in a moment. But, yeah, it's going to be a busy time. But, again, the Red Wings set to play eight preseason games, and then they open up the season on the road in New Jersey on October the 12th. We're looking forward to that. Absolutely. Do you want to start talking about prospects turning stuff? Just a couple of stuff. I mean, just if you want to talk, I want to know who you thought looked good. Because, like, Brian and I did, you know, we spent, obviously, the the whole weekend and the end of last week and the beginning of this week kind of talking about – who we thought stood out in a lot of high scoring games as well. A lot of, uh, a lot of interesting goalie and, and defensive play. So just want your take on who you liked uh, up there. Well, first of all, you're right. The, the Red Wings scored a lot of goals, but they gave up a ton too. And uh, I think the coaches were pulling their hair out because I know Derek Lalone, one of his, uh, one of his goals going into last year, his first year as a Red Wing coach was to cut down the goals against, but you know, it's really tough because these players really haven't played together. So you're putting lines and defensive combos and goaltenders in there, and you just hope for the best. Uh, Columbus looked really good. I was really impressed with them. Fantilli's been unbelievable. That guy, I'll tell you what, if he doesn't make the opening day lineup, I'd be surprised. He was just a man amongst boys out there, just a terrific hockey player. Not only was he a good goal scorer, but uh, was a good setup man as well. So uh, I didn't see Dallas play. I got up there and saw the last two games against Columbus and Toronto. Uh, I thought uh, there were some really good prospects on both of those two teams, but I really like Nate Danielson. He didn't play in the game against the Maple Leafs, but I think he had four assists in the tournament. Cross Hannes looked pretty good, and you could tell on the power play he was their setup man, and they were trying to feed him, and he ended up with four goals. He had two goals against Columbus, two goals against Toronto, 
uh, scored a big goal late in that game to tie it up. And then the wings gave up a goal with uh, like 34 seconds to go to lose the game against Toronto, but he looked good. And uh, like I said, Nate Danielson to me, what I really like about him and I saw him in the development camp uh, around the 4th of July is he's really hard on the puck and he seems to be in the right place at the right time. And whenever the puck is either taken away or he loses the puck, he really makes a strong effort to get it back. And some guys, some guys, when they lose the puck, it's like, oh, well, okay, we'll try to get it back as a team. But he goes after it himself. And, you know, he seems like he's a pretty cerebral player, um, high draft choice for Detroit. So I see a lot of good things from Nate Danielson. And hopefully maybe in the next couple of years, he'll be good. Uh, Carter Mazur didn't see him play. He got hurt in the first period of the first game against Dallas. And I'm, I'm really impressed with him. I thought he was terrific last year. He turned pro. He went to Grand Rapids. He was a point-per-game player. He played in six games. I believe he had three goals, three assists. And all he's got to do is get a little bit stronger. He thinks the game well. Um, he can put the puck in the net. He likes to agitate out there as well. He, he'll be a really solid NHL player one day. Yeah, I remember Scotty and I going into uh, the prospects tournament. We kind of talked about the makeup, a potential makeup of this Red Wings roster. And we both kind of looked at Carter Mazur prior to the injury as like a dark horse candidate to maybe make the roster. And it's a deep forward core. Now you and I talked about it yesterday at the radio station. Like they, they filled out that forward core. I mean, you're going to have, you're going to have to really beat out one of those guys, but Carter Mazur, and especially in those six games, when he first turned pro 6.6 games, he looked really, really good, but you're right there. Obviously being as young as he is, I'm sure he's going to have to put on some size. Speaking of putting on some size, Elmer Soderblom, looked really good during the prospects tournament as well. Um, and I, I would hope he would given the fact that he played 21 NHL games and some of these kids are coming out of, you know, the CHL, but you know, what, what did you see out of Elmer Soderblom? And do you think that, you know, he's like right there in terms of making the NHL roster again? I don't think he realizes how good he really is. And, you know, I've got to see him, see him grow over the last several years. And he was in the prospects tournament. I want to say, maybe three years ago as an 18 year old. But the thing about Elmer is he, he goes to the net hard. And when you're that big and you're six foot eight or six foot 10 on skates and you weigh over 200 pounds and you're going hard to the net, not many people, especially in today's rules can stop you uh, in the national hockey league. He's got really good size. His strength his uh, ability to, to score around the net looks like it's gotten better. And again, the big long strides is what really caught my attention. He'll come in on the blue line on the wing and it's like he takes three or four strides and he's already in front of the net by the goaltender. I mean, he's just a, an amazing man out there. And, you know, I, I'm glad last year he saw some action in the National Hockey thing, League. I think it was a wake up experience for him knowing what it takes to stay in the league. I don't think he's ready yet, but I do think that, you know, if he plays with Grand Rapids and if there's, there's always injuries, because of his NHL experience that he had last year, he might be one of the first guys to call up on the forward position if there's an injury. Yeah, I think I'm kind of in, and Brian, I know is as well. Like we, we kind of put him in the same boat where like, he's going to be one of the first calls, I think early on in the season, especially if he looks decent. Um, I want your take on the, the goaltending in the tournament. There was a lot of very, uh, we'll call it brash reaction to uh, the amount of goals that were scored. And obviously Costa got a lot of time in that. Um, how much of a, I don't know, do you take it with a grain of salt? How much stock do you put in the goaltending that we saw in the tourney? Well, yeah, I do. And, and I don't, and yeah. I say I do because it, when you're a goaltender, you got to stop pucks, right? And that's his <laughs> job. And that's something that he has to do. And 
was kind of unfortunate in that game against Columbus. Coastal gave up, I think it was seven goals in a 12-minute span, and that just can't happen. You know, yeah. you got to get to the point in your career, and I think he understands it where once you give up a goal, you got to forget about it, just worry about the next play. Now, with that said, the team really wasn't playing a good, solid team defensive game. In the game against Toronto, they gave up almost 50 shots on goal. And when you get that much offense, it's hard for a goaltender. But Jan Bednar was actually terrific. He faced a lot of rubber in the first half of the game and didn't allow a goal. So he performed really well. Again, it's 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 progression. And I, I know Steve Eiserman wants the goaltenders, especially Kosa, to be able to play and perform. Last year, he, he didn't get that opportunity in the AHL, but he did get an opportunity playing with Toledo. And I thought he had a terrific year, especially towards the end of the season, where he really carried the load over there. So this will be a next step for him. I anticipate him playing with Grand Rapids this year. And again, he's just got to take the next step. And if, as long as he continues to progress, uh, you're not going to remember these games that were played in the prospects tournament. But as a goaltender, you do have to stop the puck. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation. I want to ask you, Ken, about some of the uh, acquisitions the Red Wings made in the offseason. Um, but first, I got to talk to you guys today about bird dogs. Scotty and I got into an argument yesterday uh, about whether or not I was wearing those bird dogs when I won that football competition uh, down in Cancun. And uh, on Monday, Scotty, I'm going to have the T-shirt ready to show you. I don't believe I did, you don't have a t-shirt. I think you bought it at I a did, thrift shop. Am I going to have to bring Allison on to be like, he <laughs> won down, it? Yeah. Like it totally won't be like a gun to her back. Like, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but guys, bird dogs, whether or not you believe I was wearing them when we won them, they were comfortable. Nonetheless, uh, you can wear them for any occasion. They got the khaki brand. We got or the khaki style. They got the gym short style that you can also wear in the pool, which is what I was doing when I won that football competition, Scotty, taking that to my grave. Um, but they got built in inline uh, underwear. So you're kind of going commando, but you're kind of not at the same time, but it is a fantastic feeling. They're super comfortable, super versatile. Wear them for any occasion. You're going out on a date. They look super nice. You can wear them to the gym. Like I said, you can wear them in the pool. You can wear them for absolutely any occasion. So visit birddogs.com and enter promo code locked on NHL or enter promo code locked on uh, NHL at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NHL for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Segment two locked on Red Wings podcast. We are joined by Ken Cal, the radio voice of the Detroit Red Wings. Ken, again, I can't thank you enough for joining us. Really appreciate it. And we are just absolutely thrilled that, that hockey is basically back. Uh, we've said hockey is back about three times. We're going to say it three more times every step of the way, you know, when prospects tournament hits training camp hits preseason, every step of the way hockey is back. Um, but we couldn't have gotten here without the moves that Steve Eiserman made in the off season. And he made a ton of them. Uh, I think to this point, he's signed at least 12 players. He obviously made two big trades acquiring Alex to bring it for honestly next to nothing. Uh, and also getting Jeff Petrie for next to nothing. Uh, it helps that both of those players wanted to come home, so the value is driven down. But when you look at the free agent signings that he made and the trades that he made, you know what one was your favorite? And if it's not the same answer, what one do you think is going to have the biggest opinion? Or biggest impact, rather? Well, I think going into free agency, guys, Steve Eiserman had to address a lot of needs. Mm -hmm. And I think he understood that some of his young guys probably aren't ready to play yet. And the guys I'm talking about are like Simon Edvinson, who's close, but I think, you know, he could use some seasoning in the American Hockey League. Marco Casper, Albert Johansson, who's 
I think, ready to make the turn into the National Hockey League. You got Soderblom, as we mentioned, Carter Mazur, and the list goes on and on. But I think there were needs in goal that Steve Eiserman had to address. I think there were positions on the blue line that he had to address, and there were positions up front that he had to address. And I think when you look at the big picture, he addressed all those issues up front. I mean, the Red Wings needed some scoring, right? So you got Alex Dabrinkit. And I, I think the Red Wings were in really a good situation. And you want to have some luck when you go after free agents. I don't think it's any secret. Alex Debrink is from Michigan. He's from Farmington, I believe, or Farmington Hills. And he just wants to be a Red Wing, right? So I think he gave the Red Wings in his contract a little bit of a, the hometown discount, as Ken Holland used to say. And I, I think they need him. They need a guy who's a pure sniper, who's also a good setup man, but a guy that can help you out on the power play. And I think the Red Wings need to score some more goals. And last year, they were in a lot of tight games. And if they could have gotten one more power play goal or gotten an extra goal late in the game, instead of losing that game or or uh, losing it in overtime, uh, they could win those hockey games. So I think he's going to be a big addition. It'll be interesting to see where Derek Lalone puts him as far as on a line. Does he play with Larkin and Raymond? Or how is that going to work out? We'll just have to wait and see. I also think that the Red Wings needed some more two-way forwards. And when they picked up uh, JT Comfer, they got that. And Cop, uh, we all know he's a good two-way forward, but now you got JT Comfer who's good in his own zone and he's good in the offensive zone. He's a competitor. He's not going to light up the scoreboard, but I think when you have forwards who come back deep, and I just think back of guys like Datsuk and Zetterberg and Iserman and Fedorov, those are the types of players that you need to win. And they're not always cherry picking at the red line, but they're helping out the defense in their own zone and playing as a five-man unit. So they address that issue. And also up front, I think they got a little bit stronger and tougher. And, you know, I think when you look at, you know, guys like Clem Costin, uh, you know, Christian Fisher, he's another one, Daniel Sprung. These are guys that have a lot of muscle and they can turn out to be a pretty good checking line. They're tough to play against. And Sprung actually had – had a pretty good year. I think he might have had a career year in scoring goals last year for Seattle. So that area was addressed. And then you look at the blue line, and uh, there's a whole host of players that were brought in. Uh, Jeff Petrie was the late, latest for the Detroit Red Wings. And I think right now they have seven solid NHL players that uh, can start the season. And, you, you know, I, I just think that Wallman and Sider were terrific last year. Olimato was good. Sherratt, uh, you know, he can play with him. They got Gostas Bear, who's a natural point getter ever since he came to the National Hockey League and you need those points from those defensemen so the Red Wings have a lot of balance and I think they can go into the situation or the season right now where they can go with 11 forwards and seven defense that's something that John Cooper used to do with the Tampa Bay Lightning and now instead of sitting a defenseman now you can play all seven if they're all healthy and uh, you can go with 11 forwards and 7d as for goaltending you know this is the big question mark I think for Detroit this year Billy Huso was was really good last year, but I think towards the end of the year he was he was a little bit banged up. Uh, I think he was a little bit tired too. Played a lot of games, and the backup goaltenders really didn't help the Red Wings out last year. Uh, the Red Wings acquired Reimer and Lyon, and these are two guys that, in my opinion, if Huso wins thirty three games this year, the combination of those two they have to win fifteen in order for the Red Wings to be in the playoff hunt. If if you're out 93, 95 points, which was the cutoff last year, 92 or whatever it was. But, you know, I, I think it's it's huge. The backup goaltending for Detroit has to come through this year. I think that's a great way to look at it, you know, divvying up wins like that and figuring out, you know, where 
where are you getting these wins from in that? I think that's a really unique way of looking at it. Just uh, this is a little bit of a subjective question, but just like who's who is your favorite acquisition? And like you can't say to brink it either. Like who who is the who, outside the, the off- obvious one, <laughs> right? Like yeah. in, in the off season, who's like the guy that they brought in that you're like, man, like you know, like we got to brink it, we got the big shiny toy that everyone was asking for, but like I really think that this dude's going to be a difference maker. Well, you know, that's a tough question because I kind of like. I kind of like four or five players really. And, sure. and I went through the the whole list there and I think they all help in their own, in their own regard. And, you know, it's not to bring it. You look at him and you say, all right, he's going to be, he's going to be your goal scorer. He's got to score, right. He's got to be your power play guy. But I also look at, you know, Shane Gostisbehere and, you know, he's a point getter up there on the blue line. I think Wallman was really good last year too in Cider. So, you know, you've got players that can play now on the penalty kill and, and, uh, you know, on the power play, but, you know, again, I like Daniel Sprong too. I mean, you, I, I think, I think the Red Wings lacked a solid fourth line last year and I don't want to put Sprong on a fourth line because certainly he could play on a third line as well, but you got to have some big players out there when the game's in hand, you got to have those guys go out there and, and play against the other team's best players and shut them down. We saw that for years with the grind line and hopefully maybe these guys that I mentioned will come back in there and play a big part, a big role on this team, along with Michael Rasmussen. Awesome. And so, like, with all these acquisitions, the team has, like, completely different than it was last season. Uh, up and down the roster, they're much deeper, but there's so many new faces. Do you think FanDuel uh, has the Red Wings point total set at 86.5 points? That's the over-under. Do you think the addition of all these new faces, new players can get them to that 86 over that 86 and a half? So you're going to you're gonna have to look at a minimum of a seven point increase from the 80 points last year. You think these new guys can bring them that? Well, I, I think 86 won't make the playoffs. You know, I, I think it, they're going to have to be around 93 to 95, if not more, I think, in, in the division that they're in. But I, I look at it this way. Last year, the Red Wings finished with what, 80? I don't know how many points they had. They were 80. They were, 80 points. Okay. So they were 12 points out of the final playoff spot. And that was the Florida Panthers. I think they had 90, would they have 92 points? 92. Yeah. 92. All right. So if you look at it, if the Red Wings play an identical season this year, as they did last year, all they need are six more wins. Okay. To get in that position where they could possibly make the playoffs. You know what that results in? That's one win more a month. And that doesn't seem like a lot, right? I mean, if you can win one more win than you did last year every month, you're right up there in the playoffs. So it's I, I can give you reasons why I think the Red Wings will make the playoffs this year, but I can give you reasons why I don't think they will. And a lot of the reasons why they won't is because they're in such a tough division. Yes. I don't think Boston's not going to get 135 points this year. They're going to drop off a little bit. So other teams are going to get those points that Boston had last year. Hopefully it'll be the Red Wings, right? But they're so it's such a tough division. I mean, Toronto's not going to go anywhere. Tampa Bay, they're kind of receding down a little bit, but they still got really good players. They're probably going to finish in the top three. Boston's good. Florida's good. And then you look at Buffalo and Ottawa. These teams are starting to come up. You know, Florida Panthers are there. Man, I'll tell you, it's just a tough division. And if you don't finish in the top three, now you're fighting with maybe six or seven other teams just for two playoff spots. So you know, it's, it's the Red Wings really don't have any luck in regard of, you know, where, you know, what conference and what division they're in, because I think they're in the toughest division in the NHL. And I also think they're in the toughest division or the toughest conference as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. We're going to take another quick break, and when we return, we'll finish up with segment three with Ken Cal, the radio voice of the Detroit Red Wings. So stay tuned to Lockdown Red Wings. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are joined by Ken Cal, the radio voice of the Detroit Red Wings. Scotty, I believe it is your turn. Well, I, you know, it, it's funny you transitioned into the division because that, that's been such a talking point between Brian and I for the last like couple of weeks now. You know, the, the division is obviously, the I think, pretty clearly the best in hockey. And I, I want your take on like the trio, I guess, of Detroit, Buffalo, and Ottawa. Because like that is like to your point, you know, the top end teams are going to be the top end teams like Boston. They won't get 135 again, but they'll be in the mix in that top form almost certainly. Uh, Toronto's obviously going to be really good. Tampa Bay's there every year. Like Florida just went to the cup. Like I think you'd be pressed to find them falling. Like it, it really a lot of the the Red Wings kind of progress this year and success this year is going to be determined on how they stack up against Buffalo and Ottawa, right? Like the teams like directly ahead of them last year. So just what is your your quick reaction or opinion to like those three teams and how that part of the division might shake out? Well, I've always said if you want to move up in your division, you got to beat those teams. And the Red Wings' record over the last year or two against Buffalo, uh, Ottawa hasn't been very good. So somehow you have to find the Red Wings have to find a way to get wins against those teams. Uh, Buffalo, I think Red Wings, I think they only had one point and four or five games they played against them last year. I can't remember. And, and uh, you know, that's not good enough. That's not good enough to do it. To me, Buffalo, they, I think they were one of those funny teams last year where they were a better road team than they were at home. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you can see they're starting to come along. Their young players are starting to, to really produce, and they did some pretty good things in the offseason. So I, I look at them as being a team that the Red Wings have to catch. And the thing about Buffalo too, and even last year, they kind of started off strong and then they kind of, you know, uh, tailed off late in the season, but the Red Wings need a good start. And and again, they're going to be playing Ottawa in the first uh, month of the season in Ottawa. It's an afternoon game. They got to make a statement there because we all know what happened last year. Red Wings went there, played two games and actually that was it for Detroit. Their season kind of crumbled after that. They were in the, in the hunt for a while. They, they almost caught the last team, and then the next thing you know, they lose the two games to Ottawa, and then that's when the trade deadline came and all the players were traded, and and we're at where we're at today. So, yeah, I, I see all those teams. Montreal's another strange team, but, you know, I don't – I still think they're, they're a little ways away, but you got to beat those teams. And yeah. I just remember Ken Holland always saying that, uh, you know, you have to win those games early in the season. You have to get off to a good start and bank points so you don't have to worry about them late in the year. Cause it's a whole different story when you're in the month of March and you're six points out and you got to win almost every game to, you know, get in playoff mode and be in the playoffs. And it's just easier if you can win those games earlier in the season. Uh, Scotty can, I don't know if you guys saw, but earlier today during the first day of training camp, as we record this on Thursday, the 21st, um, the top line out there for the first skate was Dylan Larkin, Alex to and, Lucas Raymond. Uh, Scotty, you and I have talked a lot about how we didn't think that would be the line they'd roll out. In fact, Ken, I think I told you yesterday that that I didn't think that would be the line they rolled out. Granted, first day of training camp, subject to change, probably will change throughout the training camp, but it's interesting to know that that's the first line that they went with. A lot of focus is going to be on Lucas Raymond this year because last year he had, a, albeit he was still like the third best player on the team points-wise with 45, it was a dip in production from his rookie season. I think he had 57 the first year. 
you know, what do you think we're going to see out of Lucas Raymond this year? Do you think he's going to, you know, bounce back from a uh, quote unquote sophomore slump after putting on, I think what they said, eight to nine pounds. Yeah. He did get bigger. I just want to show you something real quick here. I put this list together, I think at the end of June, right before, uh, right, right at the end of, you can't see it, but it's right around here. I had line combinations, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and way back at the end of June, I had to bring it Larkin and Raymond on a line together. Wow. And uh, you know, I mean, Hey, you, you, who knows what's going to happen. There's a lot of hockey to be played between now and the opener in New Jersey. And I know Derek Lalone wants to just use these practices and training camp and, and uh, you know, the red white game and some of the preseason games, just to tinker with the lines a little bit, you know, not all those players are going to be playing all the time too. So, you know, I, I think this is um, an experience thing for the coaching staff to try and move players around to see who can they play with. I like the line. I think, I think Larkin and Debrinket and Raymond are terrific. And as you mentioned, Raymond, sure, he's got to get better. Like, you know, this is third National Hockey League season. And most ciders, the same thing. You always want your players to get better and better and better. Now, Raymond's a little bit stronger. You mentioned uh, he put on five to seven pounds. And, you know, that'll win some battles along the board. But, you know, I think that line has a, is a good line to where, you know, you got some setup guys, guys that can put the puck in the net, like Larkin, Debrinket, Raymond can put the puck in too. So, you know, but the, the last thing you want to do is put all your eggs in one basket. But uh, I think the Red Wings have a lot more depth this year than they had in, in previous years. And you look at the whole lineup and the players that are in there, um, you know, they look pretty good on paper. Well, so you mentioned earlier, you know, you had said that you have uh, you could name a list of reasons as to why the Wings were going to like to have a really good season and make the playoffs. And there's also, you know, a counterpoint set of lists as well i you know you don't have to list uh, an entire laundry list on no. each end but give me give me one thing that you are really optimistic about for the wings this season or uh, an attribute or a part of their team that you're really the most excited about and then one thing maybe you're a little i don't know if sour is probably too dramatic of a word but one area that that might cause for concern well i, I was looking at teams that had really good power plays last year and i think out of the top 12 uh, 10 of those tw- 12 made the playoffs, right? So if you finish in the top 10, let's say in the power play, there's a good chance that you're probably going to make the playoffs. And this is a league of goal scoring now, right? So if the Red Wings can focus on shutting down uh, the opposition and cutting the goals against, but they can score a little more this year, especially on the power play, you're going to win a lot more games. And some of those losses that I mentioned last year that they lost by a goal, if your power play was better and sometimes those games, the wings were, you know, 0 for 4, 0 for 5. Oh, yeah. Now you score one or two, you win those hockey games. So that's one reason right there. I think the power play will be better this year. I like the Red Wings penalty kill too. Michael Rasmussen to me was really a good penalty killer last year. And when that's he my suffered boy. that injury and he went out of the lineup, the Red Wings went south. I mean, he means that much to this team. And he's a big, strong player. I think they like him on the wing. But he, he, you got to have those guys that, that are good penalty killers as well, and he fits that mold. And I think, uh, you know, if the Red Wings could shut down the opposition, get in the top ten or twelve in the power play, and and move up a little bit on the penalty kill, I think they'll be all right. As for the big question mark, I, I, I'm going to say it's goalkeeping, and you know, you really hope and you cross your fingers that Billy Huso will be healthy the rest of you know the whole season. And you just hope that Reimer and Lyon, if they come in there and they can combine for those 15 wins and Huso plays the way he he did play, good things will happen. But if the goaltenders aren't there, 
it's going to be tough. And that's one reason why I think that they wouldn't make the playoffs if their goalkeeping isn't as solid as it should be. Which uh, the last question I have for you is kind of going back to the prospects, but you know, we mentioned a lot about how deep this Red Wings team is this year, and it doesn't leave a lot of room for these prospects to crack the lineup. Steve Eisman said in his uh, just before the training camp began that he obviously, if a prospect earned a roster spot, they would get a roster spot. He's not going to keep guys down for the sake of keeping them down. If there's any prospect this year that you think could crack the lineup and like earn a roster spot, who would it be? Well, I think Marco Casper uh, has an opportunity, but again, he doesn't have a whole lot of NHL experience and they really like the way he plays. And he only played one game. I think it was against Toronto last year, but he's got grit. He likes to go hard to the front of the net. You know, he could be a guy that could be a surprise maybe and, and fit into this lineup, but you got to beat a player out, you know, and you have to earn that position in, in a way. This is a good thing. I think Steve Eiserman understood going into the season that the young guys just aren't ready yet. And it, I think it's it's better for them, guys like Evanson and Soderblom and Marco Casper and some of these other guys, to just play 20 minutes a game, play in all different types of situations, play together as a team, because sooner or later, all of these guys will be Red Wings at one yeah. point in time. And it's kind of it kind of reminds me like when Cronwall was with the, the Grand Rapids Griffins, and all these guys came up together, and they became a big part of this Red Wing team. So, um you know, Evanson's a guy I think that that's right there too. And if there's ever a uh, an injury on the blue line, which there always seems to be, you know, he could be a guy that could be called up and, you know, he might not miss a beat. So, you know, it'll be uh, – you just hope that training camp, that they're healthy going into the season, but you, you also hope that there's a high compete level. And you want these younger guys to give it everything they got to try and earn a spot on this team. Absolutely. And Scotty and I talked a lot too uh, about these young guys and we, we agree that we kind of love that Steve Eisman's giving them the option to just learn and breathe at the AHL level without, you know, just giving them a roster spot. I love the mentality that they have to earn it while also not, you know, as much as, you know, back when the Red Wings were really, really good, Ken Holland had the, uh, what do you, what do you call it? The over ripening I'm okay if we don't leave them in the you know let them overripe in a, the Grand Rapids Griffins but it doesn't sound like that's going to be the case anyways I'm rambling Scotty do you have anything else uh I don't think so I mean before you leave what uh like season uh, I guess you can call it prediction what, what are you thinking for the wings this year where do you think they end up you know after everything we've talked about if you want to get super specific and drop a point total be my guest but just what's uh what's your your prediction for the year for the wings well, I, I really think they have to get off to a good start. If they want to make the playoffs or be in the playoff hunt, you can't start out yeah. one and five or two and seven, something like that. They have to, and they got a tough schedule to open up. New Jersey to me is a terrific team. They've got, I think, some of the best top six forwards in the National Hockey League. That'll be a hard game. Then they play at home against Tampa Bay, go to Columbus, and I mean it's it's not an easy schedule for the Red Wings. No games are easy anymore. But you know, I, I think this team should be better. I think they should improve. And um, I, I'm going to say late in March, all you're hoping for is an opportunity to be within striking distance of uh, a playoff spot, whether that be the, the third spot and, you know, get an automatic playoff bid or, or also, you know, as a wildcard team. But again, you have to beat the teams in your division. And that's going to tell a lot this year. If they can beat the teams that are with them in the division, that's going to mean a lot as far as them making the playoffs. Agreed. Absolutely. Uh, Ken, again, thank you so much yeah, uh, for you. taking the time to talk with us. Uh, you can hear him first. Uh, when was it? September 25th? 
26th. 26th on WWJ News Radio 950. That's where I work. I'm going to plug that part every time. Uh, but most of the time, you're going to be able to hear him on 97 on the ticket. Uh, Ken, where can people find you on social media? Uh, I'm on Twitter quite a bit, Instagram. Uh, Ken, I don't even know what my Twitter handle is. But, uh, <laughs> you can find me out there, but uh, I, enjoy, uh, <laughs> I enjoy talking with the people out there. And uh, I guess I'm more on Twitter than Instagram. But uh, yeah, it's fun. It's a fun platform to be uh, be around and talk to all the great Red Wing fans. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, Scotty and I will be back on Monday with more training camp breakdown. Scotty, any final thoughts? I got in trouble by a couple of our listeners because last couple of days, Scotty, apparently I haven't been asking you for your final thoughts. Correct. Yeah. We uh, all, you haven't, yeah. you don't like me. You get, you, that you intentionally do it. You purposely I, ended the show early two episodes ago. So <laughs> I, I absolutely despise you. Um, <laughs> so we all, we'll be back with an episode on Monday. Same time, same place. It's your team. Every day. Every day.